August 16th, 2011, it's a Watt from Pedro's show.
For Pedro show, uh, actually not from Pedro. This edition is from uh, Prague, Czech Republic. They start off the show with uh, John Coltrane doing a, I think it's take number seven of Giant Steps, uh, and followed by a song that involves my guest today, it's Jesse Evans, and the tune is uh, Trophy by Subtonics. Welcome to the show, Jesse. Hello. Uh, I want to start at the beginning. Uh, how did you first get into music? Not even playing, like listening. Well, I've been, I've been always into music since I was a kid. I guess my first instrument was violin when I was about four years old. I started playing violin and 
I was in the school marching band when I was a kid. And Did you get a violin, into the violin, before you started listening to records? I wasn't really listening to records that, that young, I guess. I was just hearing what my parents were into and stuff. And my mom was really into 70s stuff, 60s and 70s music like Cream and stuff oh. like that. She's a drummer. I mean, oh, she, really? She grew up in Santa Barbara, and she, she had the Doors playing at her house when she was a teenager. Her cousin was going out with the drummer from the Doors. And so she grew up in this rock and roll scene, and she was into this kind of music. My dad's more into classical but uh, my dad plays cello, my mom plays drums, so it was just... So both musicians, you come yeah. from the musical. So I come from, from, from music and... Did they play in that pad? In my house? Well, I, yeah, they played a lot, like guitar and singing, you know, growing up. But um, just something was automatic that always played music, I was always into music. I got my first saxophone when I was 16, I guess, my, my folks, my mom and my dad, who hadn't spoken together, they hadn't spoken to each other in like 10 years and they hated each other and they put their money together to buy me a saxophone because they didn't have much money and I really wanted one so they got me a saxophone when I was 16 and that was my first serious instrument that I took seriously. Well what about this violin? Was that just something to do in school? No, I really wanted to play it. I played it for a few years and I just got frustrated with it because I was always a loner anyways and then I was always practicing and I just, mm -hmm. I felt like it was so consuming and it's so such a difficult instrument, I kind of lost interest in it. You were playing it in the band of the school? No, I was playing it by myself. Oh, really? Not at school, just Not at school? Yeah, just taking own. lessons and stuff, yeah. Like, I want to play a violin. Yeah, That's I still a have different. the violin, yeah. Because people I know that got into violin and stuff, it was because of a school thing. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, too difficult. Yeah, I just always was wanting to explore different instruments and try out different stuff. How, you were 11 then? I was four when I started with the four, violin. Four, I mean, yeah. Yeah. You picked, <laughs> you picked it when you were four. Yeah. But now from four to sixteen, now you didn't play the violin. The no, whole I played time. violin. I took piano lessons. I took drum lessons a bit. Then I started in the school band, and I wanted to play saxophone, but they said they had too many sax players, so they put me on flute. That happened to me. They yeah. put me on clarinet. Oh, it was awful. It was so embarrassing. Uh, after ten weeks, he yeah. said, "You know, Mr. White, you try hard." Yeah. I didn't like that, so I, I switched <laughs> to the kick drum in the marching band. Me up. Yeah, I got thrown out too. The school band. It did destroy me. I never tried to take another music class again. Yeah, I was too psychedelic. The the teacher thought I was on acid. I wasn't. I was completely sober, but I was way too psychedelic for him. But you did sex outside. So yeah, I started sax when I was sixteen, and I was just taking lessons, and then I dropped out of high school when I was. Say, around the same time I dropped out of high school, I guess around 16, 15 or 16, and I, and I, I did, I continued with, with like sort of a jazz direction, and then I kind of lost interest in that, and I started, tra I, I started traveling around a bit on my own, like I traveled to London when I was 17, I traveled around Europe a bit, like. Would, oh, you know when you were in school, were you doing bands? No, I didn't start playing. I didn't start playing. So it's all for yourself. Like Nineteen. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I was really shy, and and I felt. Sure. I think that's why I stopped like studying music and taking classes and stuff because I just felt like it didn't help me to actually communicate with people and to to actually play with people. You know, I felt like I just wanted to go for it on my own. Once I discovered punk, it really inspired me a lot because I saw it doesn't matter if you know how to play; you just got to go for it and just express something. It doesn't yeah. matter if you have the schooling or not. Uh, did you look, what about, you're not playing with other people, but are you, were you influenced by people like, I like that violin player, or I like that sax player? Was it well, the first 
the first things I was really influenced by with saxophone were like the Specials and English Beat and the Selector, X-Ray Specs. Those were really big. And you were in Northern California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of a band with saxophone up there. Romeo Void. Yeah. Do you remember them? Yeah, they're great. They have a big gal. Yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, those bands had key, the, the ska music. Yeah. I, I listened to a lot of reggae when I was a kid, so I was really into that kind of sound and the two-tone scene. How they yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay, so you started traveling, and this is not really a music thing. This is just No, I just wanted to get out there. And, you know? Yeah, just adventuring. And I played saxophone on the streets a bit for money, like busking, like traveling around Spain, playing on the streets and, and stuff like that. But then I came back to San Francisco when I was 18 because... I decided, okay, that's what I want to do with my life. I want to start a band, and I want to get my, my group together. So I moved to San Francisco when I was 18 or 19, and first thing I did is I put an ad in the paper saying, like, I played saxophone, and I like the slits and X-ray specs and stuff. And I saw I, the slits. Yeah. She passed away. I know. It's so sad. I never saw them. I saw them. Yeah. Uh, maybe 1980 at the Whiskey. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Cool. The drummer was uh, the pop group guy. Bruce Smith. Okay, yeah. It was the three ladies. Nice, nice, cool. Yeah, that album, uh, Cut? Yeah, Budgie plays on that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's a great drummer. Love him. But he wasn't on this tour. Yeah, no, no, But no. man, that's a good sound, and um, he's yeah. a great drummer. Yeah. I like Bruce Smith, too. Uh, so you put this ad out. Yeah, so I put the ad out, and I got some response, and I actually met the this girl, Cookie, who was the drummer from some who turned out to be the drummer from Subtonics. It took us about a year to start playing Oh, so together. there's already a band called Subtonics. No, that's a band we formed together. Oh, okay. So it took us about okay. a year, but then she met the singer, and I met the singer separately, and then we formed a band. So I started playing with them, and that was like my first, one of my first groups, like Subtonics. I was playing sax with them. It was an all-girl group. That's what we heard uh, after yeah. Coltrane. There yeah, was. yeah. Trophy. Yeah. And you yeah. said that was one of the first... That was one of my first bands I had, yeah. But even that tune was one of the... That was like one of the first songs we wrote, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's listen a little more. Okay. Subtonics.
into the fire and x-rayed by subtonics. So, uh, yeah, the life of this band. What's it like? These are your first gigs when yeah. you're playing with other people. Well, okay, my first, my first actual gig I ever had was playing bass in a band called Leper Sex Killer on the Loose at Gilman Street. Oh, so this is before Subtonics. This was before Subtonics, sort of parallel, but a little bit before. And then, so I was playing in that group, and then I started a band called The Knives. I was playing bass, and then this whole time, Subtonics was sort of like practicing and forming, and I was kind of mad because I had met them individually, separately, and then they singer and the drummer met each other and we're starting a group and they said yeah yeah we want you we just need to get the songs going. I was like grr you know kind of mad but the other ones you kind of joined this one is actually like that one well I, I feel like I formed yeah. I feel like I formed that one too but they just weren't ready for me to come in because they were working on the bass and the drums together and that's okay. that's kind of first you know yeah 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 so then so so the Subtonics shows were, were some of the first shows I played too though the first show we played with that band I think was at um I think it was at one of the colleges. Okay, some of some of all my first shows were at colleges. The first Knives show was at Stanford College. What were the Knives? Knives was, unfortunately, we don't have yeah, any Knives yeah. music, but... Yeah. Knives was me and my friend Brian Hawk, who's ended up being in The Vanishing with me later on, and our friend Gabe singing, and then we had this drummer girl we found... Um, through an ad who I ended up totally freaking out because I was such a control freak. I was like, no, it's not supposed to go that way. I'd get behind the drum and play myself. And <laughs> she just lost it and left, left the band at one point. She got the knife. I was kind of a nightmare, I think. <laughs> she got the knife. Yeah, she got the knife. But uh, yeah, the first one of the first shows we played with the knives was at, was at Stanford College and I was playing bass and I just got wasted. And I, I remember I was peeing outside in the patio with all the students. I just... <laughs> Totally drunk, and then we were on the stage, and at a certain moment, I just got so fed up with the singer that I pushed him off the stage and took the mic, and I think I knew that I wanted to be a singer in that moment. Like, I was starting to realize that I couldn't handle just doing the bass, you know? Really, in the gig. Yeah, and it got a lot that, of... This was not a practice, No, right? this was a gig. It got a good response no, when I, mean, I did that. No, I mean, you guys didn't rehearse like this. No, no, but yeah. it got a really good response when I so did that. So he was kind of he surprised? He thought it was funny. He didn't care. Yeah, okay. Like, he was drunk too. Oh, oh, bass. Yeah. So when did you get on the bass? Um, you... My aunt gave me a, a bass when I was, I think I was about 16. She gave me one of these 80s, like, Kramer stick basses. <laughs> Hockey <pink>. stick. <laughs> yeah. It was really cute. She played it when so she was So you put down the sax, bass. or were you playing both? I wasn't playing sax in this group, just bass, oh, yeah. Because okay. so I started playing the bass, so I had a couple of bands I played bass in, and a couple of bands I played sax with. I was okay. kind of in a lot of bands at this time. I was just starting out and yeah, trying yeah. to find the right constellation with people to play with and stuff. So, And then one of the first Subtonics gigs we had was also at the college. I think it was at City State in San Francisco, and... Um, that was so much fun with that band. I mean, it was just immediately so crazy going on stage with all girls, and we were so tough, and or we thought we were so tough, you know. <laughs> and um, I'd always make us trash bag dresses. I thought that was really cool. Oh, outfits. Yeah, were big. trash bags. I had a really nice like. You mean like hefty bags? Yeah, I always make a kind of Susie Wong like Chinese sort of dress out of the bag. <laughs> but um, yes. And what was this other one? Knives and the other one. I was in a band called Leper Sex Killer yeah. on the Loose. Leper Sex, Sex Killer, Killer on, on the, the Loose. Yeah. What was that like? That was kind of a train wreck. It was like eight or nine people. I was, oh, wow. Yeah, I was also in a band for five seconds called Leonardo Decapitated and a band called <laughs> The Deep Throats. Deep Throats? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I was just kind of feeling it out and yeah, seeing yeah, yeah. who would work with to play with, you know. And Subtonics was the thing that ended well, those, up those bands with. you didn't put ads out for it. You kind of just joined. No, their I, thing. I met some of the people through through the ad that that I played with over the next couple of years. Like oh, everyone really? that I met that yeah. came to me through the ad, I ended up playing with. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, I always think that it's good to be really direct. So I, I yeah. figure you put the intention of what you want out, and then yeah. it comes, you know. Right. Yeah. And then. Obviously, a scene. What was the scene the like scene in San Francisco was, then? It was amazing, man. It was really far out. I think that it was pretty short-lived. I mean, it was maybe four or five years that we had the scene there. But just from the very beginning, playing shows out with Subtonics, we had such what, a great... What, what years are these? Um, what year was just it? Just for listeners' sake. 1998 through 2003 Three? or something like okay. this. Yeah. It was amazing scene. I mean... Just everyone was so connected, and every single time anyone played, everyone was there, and we were all really good friends. And oh, you mean like support? Very supportive yeah. and, and, and very creative, and some really good bands from that time, like the Phantom Limbs were from that time, this band of 16s. It was kind of like a sort of punk, new wave kind of scene, but yeah. I, I think it was a really important time in music. I think that I, I took tons of photos, and eventually I'd like to release some of the stuff I have from this time because it was... What really were the main pads you guys were playing? Well, one of the first places we started playing at was Chemo's on, down the Tenderloin, yeah. which was like a tranny bar. <laughs> and we kind of took that place over. And when we first started playing there, it was required that all the guys had to wear dresses. Yeah. So the first, one of the first Knives shows there, and the singer, this big guy, he was wearing a Catholic schoolgirl uniform because his girlfriend worked at a Catholic schoolgirl uniform <laughs> warehouse or something. And... I mean, he was such a drunk. He just was wasted afterwards, peeing in the gutter with this Catholic school uniform, <laughs> just lifting it up. And we have lots of footage from from that time with all the bands, all the guys always had to dress like chicks to play there. That kind of faded away through time. And they're allowed to just kind of be themselves, you know. But in the beginning, when we started playing at that venue, it was like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, also, there was a place on Mission, which I can't remember the name for right now. The Covered Wagon. Um, where else? Can't think of it because it was always changing so much. Let's you know? play more music.
There's yeah. some more some tonics there. We uh, played uh, Too Cool for School and Black Nails in My Coffin. Let's talk about recording. Mm -hmm. How were these done? Are these some of your first recordings? Well, yeah, Trophy and Too Cool for School were done, I think, six or eight track cassette recording. And then we recorded it on Pro Tools for the album, and Black Nails is from that. And what was it like when you first went in the studio? It Different was than cool. a gig. Did you get all drunk and grab the oh, mic? Oh no, no, no. I mean, I, looking back on it, I I feel like I was such a control freak that the saxophone is so loud in the on the album recordings, and I was like, turn it oh, up, turn mix. it up. It's horrible. I really hope we can remix that at some point. You know, because I was really, I was really a nightmare to deal with. I think I was the youngest in the band, and I was really just wanted to do everything. I wanted to do the artwork myself. Oh, usually the youngest don't do that. They're like no. a little shy. I, I think I drove everyone really crazy, actually. Do you keep in touch with them? Everybody? I'm really good friends with them still. I mean, me and the singer, her name's Jessie also. We, When we split up, we had a very bad split up because we were like best friends and we didn't speak for about eight years. And we, oh. we just became friends again in the last yeah. few years and we're very close again. But... We we just had some differences. I mean, with the band, it's like a it's like a love affair, but it's way more intense because you're making something, you're making music with it. It's not just love and in one way, you know. So, I think that the breakups from from these kinds of things last a lot longer. You know, the feelings can be right. more. And then you went on crazy. to something called the Vanishing. Yeah, I started the Vanishing while I was still in some tonics. Um, me and the drummer from the Knives, Brian, we started a new project and. Um, it's called The Vanishing, so I was doing that already for at least a year or two before Subtonics broke up. And you're, you're playing the same scene, probably, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But the music is different. Music's more death rock, I guess. Subtonics was more garage-y. Right, of right. Vanishing is a bit darker. You're, you're yeah. uh, thinking a new direction? I don't know. I mean, I always, I always was thinking in my mind kind of what I wanted to make, and I think it just came... I was, I mean, with Vanishing, I was thinking, oh, I want to make disco, but it came out really dark, and I think I just had a lot of darkness that I needed to get out of my system. Let's play some, let's play some. Yeah.
Watford Pedro show. We just heard some of the vanishing here. Now, me being my uh, Baca retarded self, I didn't put it in the right order. But what you heard there was size on pyres, assisting suicides, assisting suicides, and then lovesick. Now, what I mean by putting in order because uh, the chronology wasn't right, right? That's all right. It's okay. Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Well, the assisting suicides was the one of the first songs we recorded off our first EP, and that was super exciting for me because I think that was one of the first songs I sang. Well, Black Nails was the first song I sang with Subtonics, and I sang a couple songs with the with the Knives, but with Vanishing was it's like was my first project I started singing with, so I was playing bass and singing, so it was really really exciting. No more sax. I played sax in that a bit, but I was playing bass mostly and singing. So, Same bass? Yeah, this pink bass. Yeah, yeah. I so I when I a couple of years ago when I was really broke, I sold it on eBay through Toby's eBay to to buy a microphone. And the, the person that bought it found out he was in the Swans and was like, "Oh, it's the bass player from the Swans." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Let him have it. It was really funny. That guy used to really <laughs> pound. God, what was his name, man? He would like wrap yeah. his hand up, just beat yeah. that thing. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, so that uh, yeah. that was really exciting for me because that was my first project I was singing in. And um, did you use pick? Or yeah, I used pick. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm just a little curious. Yeah, I liked it really distorted. Kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. The sound is yeah. happening. Yeah. So, the other band was more of an ensemble. This one. This was. We're a talking about piece. controlling. This was a three piece. It was yeah. me. It was it was mostly me and the drummer. We we were from the, the beginning of Vanishing till the end. And yeah. So we went through two different keyboard players. In the beginning, we had this girl Sadie Shaw, who is now in a garage band called The Husbands. And then later on, we had Billy Bates playing. I've played some Husbands on my show. Cool, cool. Yeah, she's great. She's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but a way different kind of experience than Subtonics. Yeah, I mean, event eventually after after a few years of playing bass live, I decided I don't like it because I, I get bored just standing there playing bass I wanted to play saxophone again so it kind of the band evolved more back towards me playing saxophone towards the end but I, I was doing bass for a while and I was enjoying it these ones we're going to play next they got the which ones are those lovesick no idolized yeah sick. yeah the idolized I'm playing keyboards on yeah you don't have a bass guitar mm -mm, yeah. yeah let's listen to that
Okay, we uh, heard two versions of uh, Idolize. That's a great uh, play on words there, by the way. Thank you. You know, Idolize. Yeah. Idolize. Yeah, exactly. I think of that with the American Idol. Right, ideally. right, right, right. <laughs> and right. You're, you're off the air there, we were talking about the bass sound, and you wanted a more full, that's actually a keyboard yeah. bass. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I got it a little... Uh, bass-centric there <laughs> for you. But this band kind of had to go because you wanted to get back on sax. Yeah, I wanted to get back on sax. I moved to Berlin with the drummer, with Brian, and we toured a lot the first year after we moved to Berlin. And then I met Bettina from, from Malaria, the singer and sax player from Malaria, and we really hit it off, and we decided we wanted to do a band together. So at that same time, I was getting sick of doing the vanishing stuff, I thought, okay, I'll start something new now. So I started with Auto Nervous with her. Yeah. Auto Nervous. Yeah. Uh, we're at the end of the first hour. I want from Pedro Show, August 16, yeah. 2011. I won't get into the Auto Nervous story. <laughs> I'll hold tight for hour two. August 16, 2011 is second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
second hour off with uh, stuff that ain't from Jesse okay uh, Mayonaka by Soako Piss on Me As I Burn by Joel Garnier Angel Nine, Number 9 by Mick Ronson you remember him? Mm -mm. Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars oh, right, right. he, he passed away a few years ago maybe 15 uh Dope Smoker Clothes by the Ultimate Baby J. That's somebody from my town, San Pedro, young singer. And then Angus Morissette from We Have a Meth Lab. That's probably a band name that's easy to tour around, especially with the border situation. <laughs> Can you believe that? Touring with a name like that? That's crazy. And so... You uh, leave U.S. for Berlin. Yeah, 2004. Yeah, yeah. and it's this new Praj, Auto Nervous, with yeah, the I, I, singer from Malaria. Yeah, for the singer from Malaria. We met her right after we arrived. We got picked up from the airport. Yeah, but yeah. first, what, what made you think Berlin? Did you throw a dart at them? No, I was, I was wanting to leave the United States for a yeah. while. And it, ever since I came back from Europe when I was a teenager, mm -hmm. traveling around, I thought that's where I want to live. But I want to go back to San Francisco and get my group together and then move back here. Because I just kind of felt like living in America, there wasn't very much opportunity for me there as a musician, you know. Kind of felt like I was on a sinking ship, you know. I just know things, 
shit's gonna hit the fan at some point. I gotta get out of here, you know. So, but, but what about, what about yeah. that town, though? Yeah, San Francisco. No, no, Berlin. Berlin. Um, well, I I don't know. I'd been there. I'd been there a couple times on tour, and I'd mm-hmm. become really good friends with Hanin Elias, the singer from Atari Teenage mm-hmm. Riot, and I knew. I, knew I think they got back together. She's not in the band though. They oh, they they Alex. have her voice like projected with this other girl lip syncing or something. <laughs> yeah, horrible. But um. <laughs> uh, Anyway. No, I ask this because I I have a proj yeah. with two Italian guys, and one yeah. of them just moved to Berlin. Yeah. And he told me there's a lot of people moving to Berlin because for a big town in Europe, it's probably the most econo. It's very cheap there. I mean, I've been there seven years now, and I travel a lot, and I play mostly in France, but Berlin is really cheap, and it's... For about 50, 50 to 60% of the year, it's really not a bad climate, you know, it's, it's okay. The winter is horrendous, you know, I wouldn't recommend being there in the winter time. It's hard, you know, but it's good sometimes for creativity because you just don't have any distractions. You're just at home and you can work on stuff in your sure. room and stuff. It's good, but <laughs> it's very relaxed there, you know, it, there's, it's beautiful, there's lots of trees. The people... People are difficult for me sometimes. The temp, the temperature of the of the weather and of the people sometimes is really difficult for me because I'm from California and people are very friendly in California yeah. and very open and, and it, German people are much more reserved in certain ways. And in oh. other ways they're very open, like they're they're very into their bodies and to being naked. And I love that because I like being naked too. So it's Even like when it's, it's cold out. What? Even well, when it's cold. It's like you can you can be at the pool or at you know at oh, the, yeah, the yeah. lake, and, and it's it's not shameful to get changed in front of people. It's not shameful to go swimming naked if you want. Oh, to. I grew up in Navy housing. I know yeah. about that. <laughs> so, so that's really great, you know. It freaks. Yeah. Freaks guys out. Yeah, for sure. You can tell that people grew up different. America's cultures. so messed up. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, what about this? Maybe not the native people, but like my friend Andrea, this. Yeah. Uh, uh, artist community. Yeah. Do you do, well, I have. Do you I, know I'm, about this? I'm starting to have some a good community there. Like, yeah. I, I have some good friends, like Namash, who's a, a singer, a Kurdish German singer, performer, dancer. He's great, and King Khan. I don't know if you know him. Yeah, yeah. He's great. He's. I'm very India good friends. Or Indian, or Indian, Canadian. Okay. Yeah, I'm really good friends with his family. He has two little girls that have become our backing singers. They're eight and. Eleven. They're really cool. And um, well, what you do? Uh, let's get into because yeah, yeah. I'm gonna play some out of. Yeah, yeah, yeah let's play cool. some out of nervous. Okay.
Uh, Watford Pedro show, we just heard some auto nervous. We were skipping a little ahead there, but uh, we're going to get into the auto nervous story from Jesse. Uh, we heard uh, Anchors Away, Hello Lovers, and Easter Bunny. You want to tell us about Now, you guys come over, you and the drummer. Yeah. And then you find Bettina. We were, we were literally driven to her immediately after we arrived off the plane. And it was really interesting to me because I, I just discovered malaria. Like you mean a, driven, like taken in a car? We were taken in a car. We were picked up by Luis Miguel, who's a Spanish pop star. He was in with Alaska, her guitarist, and he was in a lot of bands. And he picked us up from the airport. He was a friend of friends. He drove us straight to this interview that was on for this label we were part of in Berlin. And Bettina was there, and we met her like five, five minutes after arriving. And... Um, a couple weeks later, she invited us to live with her because we didn't have anywhere to stay at the time. We were looking for a place, so we moved into her house, and we became really good friends with her. We had a lot in common, and we invited her if she wanted to come with us on tour and open the show. We had some shows going down to Spain and Italy and stuff, and so the first show we had was in Paris. It was the first time I played in Paris, and, and we just decided, like, spontaneously, how about we just do the show together? You join us, and we'll join you, you know, just see what happens. Yeah. And, and we thought it was really fun to do it that way, so we just ended up doing all the stuff together, you know, basically like two hours just kind of together. We joined her, she joined us, and just... You learned each other's tunes. Yeah, and we just kind of contributed where we wanted to, and, and so we got along, we got along really good, and we really wanted to make an album together, so um, I started playing with drum machines and composing my stuff from the drum machines, and I br brought it to her my my song ideas and she kind of cut it up and disassembled it and put it back together and that's what we ended with this album we had yeah. wow a lot different experience then but the drum the drummy's the same guy from vanishing right no he's not playing on this album it's just oh. drum machines yeah when you said drum machine that, yeah. now yeah. i understand yeah, yeah. so he, 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 uh, we stopped working together. We were, you got the Evo, yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. He, was getting, away. he moved to Berlin and he got yeah. really into techno and he was going mm -hmm. in a totally different direction musically. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like you said, bands are intense. Yeah, bands are really intense. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was a cool thing to do with her. I mean, we, we both are singers and we both played saxophone, so it was really interesting to have a project like that. And from different generations and... Kind of going, I don't know, for me, when I moved to Berlin and I became friends with this whole scene, like mm -hmm. Beata Bartel and Bettina Kurser and all these girls, like what I was going to say, it was really interesting because right before I moved there, a week yeah. before I moved to Berlin, I dreamt that I came to Berlin and I was hanging out with the girls from Malaria and they were the same age as me. And it was like when I was with Subtonics, like we were just buddies, you know. And I moved there and it was exactly so. Within one week I was... Yeah, hanging, premonition? Yeah, it completely was. So... It, it was really neat for me to connect with, with these people, but I feel like in a way it was this closure for being so drawn into this like dark wave sound. Like I had been so influenced by it for so many years that I feel like to, to meet somebody and to work with somebody that was actually from this time and this scene, it was kind of like a closure of that fascination for me. I kind of moved beyond it. And I think also a contribution to that was just being in Berlin where it's so cold and dark and so much darkness in that city that I feel like it sort of made me really want to make music that was a bit lighter, you know, just craving some counterbalance. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So, what's gigs like with with the drum machine? Because you're 
been doing stuff with living drummers. Yeah, was it? it was sort of horrible. I mean, it was <laughs> fun at first, but I would, never, I would never do it again, no. no. No, it was sort of horrible. I mean, it's really hard for people to get into something if they can't feel the rhythm. I think if I could have nothing, I'd always have a drum. In a way, you, the control you know? issue is solved. Yeah, because I have the biggest control freak ever. Right there. No, you know what I mean? There's like no problem. Yeah. No, I, I like... You're programming, you right? You were programming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite a talent. Yeah. I think. To program stuff. Yeah, I've Anyone never... Anyone can do it. I've watched... Never really. <laughs> <laughs> I can admire people yeah. who can do that. Yeah. I guess if I really tried, maybe I could. It's easy. But uh, patience, though. I mean, I'm just sitting up one little... But I, I think you that, did little rolls and fills. No, no, not oh, at all. I mean, okay. I think that there's a big difference between the, what I see the way that men program stuff and, and that women. Just even with playing drums, it's like I, I always just want to create like a groove and just stick with it. And, oh. and when when I've recorded stuff, usually I improvise like as I'm recording it. So it's just one take and it's imp improvised. Like I tune the drums as I'm playing it and and stuff, but I don't make parts and sections and stuff. I'm not really into music that has lots of crazy changes in it. You know, I like to just kind of have a beat and stick to it and yeah. just kind of write it down the line, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't have much experience with those things. I, I, I tried them, but like you did, where I just yeah. put out one little thing and it just kept the beat yeah. uh, for me. And, yeah. And then I've always wondered, too, about the live situation, playing Yeah. Because uh, you got to... It doesn't speed up or slow down. Yeah, that's that's challenging. I yeah. Mean, yeah. No eye contact. Come on, let's get it going. Yeah. You have to kind of... It makes a it very sterile in a way. Strict uh, matron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was really happy to find a drummer again and start playing with live drums again. How did this wind up? Well, we got some more. Let's play some more.
Pedro show. We heard uh, some live auto nervous there. Gold and still cultus, which is a German cultus gold. Yeah. It's still gold. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the, how many tours did you do with auto nervous? A bunch? Did you go all we over We played Europe? a bunch in Italy and around Europe a bit. I mean, since we live in Berlin, which is like the center yeah. in Europe, we just sort of, it's not like we did so many tours, but going out a lot and playing shows here and there. Um, we played in California also. Um, so, I mean, we, we played together for about a year and a half, I guess. Yeah. year and a half. Yeah. And how did it end? Uh, I don't really want to get into okay. the details. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> it was but pretty then, dramatic, actually. But, um, but the next... We're not, we haven't spoken for like six years now. 
But um, wow. But the next phase is, is not a, an ensemble. Now it's the Jesse Evans. Right. I mean, show. Yeah. Basic. Basically, I I wanted to do a solo project from before then. So that that was cool to do this project together. And then I was like, I want to do you know get into my solo thing. Actually, Bettina inspired me to do that because. At one point, I was stressed out about the vanishing because I thought, should I end this project? You know, we put all this energy into it, and it's finally starting to get somewhere. And she was like, Jesse, to like get somewhere or something, you got to stick with it your whole life. And that really affected me because I, I thought, well, whoa, I'm, how, who knows if I'm gonna want to stick with anything my whole life? Like the only <laughs> thing I know I'm gonna stick to my whole life it's is Jessie. myself. So I better start with this right away. You know, like <laughs> I gotta catch up because I've been for ten years now doing this, doing Put that. Put on you know? hold. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I figured I gotta just no, that makes good sense. I gotta sense. Just start with my own name and just establish that, and then I can ride that to the end of my life, and you know, do whatever I want with it. There's no. Okay, we're gonna play some music here, and then we're gonna start the third hour out with Jesse Evans' music.
finish it up the se- second hour with the snore with lunch. <laughs> and then Sweet Threat by Zalpatch, my friend Alexander in Russia. He made his own guitar and he's cool. learning how to play it. Uh, then El Primitivo with Basho. And finally, uh, Chakra Balance by Wakine. It's been the uh, second hour of the August 16, 2011, Watt for Pedro Show Hotel for our three and some uh, Jesse Evans solo stuff. Or music, I should say, sorry. August 16th, 2011, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
From Pedro Show, starting the third hour off of some uh, Jesse Evans music in her solo uh, phase. The one she's going to work on for the rest of your life. <laughs> and she was about 10 years too late in starting. But you know what? So maybe all those investments in the other projects, though, helped where you are now. Of course. I'm, I don't regret anything. Yeah. I'm, I'm so happy and lucky that I've had the life I've had. You know? Yeah. I'm the one with all the regrets. Don't worry. <laughs> you have regrets? <laughs> nobody I have a nobody needs some regrets. Oh, I've blown so much kind of stupid moves. And uh, if I could go back and do... But I guess it, it takes, you know, try and try. Maybe it had to. I couldn't do it right. Everybody's at their own pace. And I've had to come to realize that, like, my path is, like, I didn't come out at, like, 18 years old knowing who, what, who I was, maybe. I, it's taken me a while to find myself and to find my find my way with everything, you know? It's like, you can't yeah. you can't question it, you know? At least you're searching. As no, long but as if I look back, I'm like, yeah. you dumb fuck, what? Of course, I think the same way about myself. <laughs> but like, as long as you're searching and you're trying yeah, and, and you keep you evolving, that's all that matters, you know? Yeah. Here, let's talk about the songs. Uh, yeah. Night Nurses, Glass Candy. Yeah. This isn't actually a Jessie no, Evans. No. This is her as a, a side lady. A yeah, I was playing sax with, with them a bit. That's a band called Glass Candy. It's mm -hmm. from Portland, Oregon. Yeah. It's a duo, and I played on their, a couple of their songs. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 But now, th this is Jessie Evans' world. Sarah El Fuego. Then we heard Black Sand. 
then uh, let me on the sonido desconocido, no, desconocido, desconocido, yeah. remix, yeah. sorry, uh, lo siento, what's his name? Sonido desconocido. Oh, that's his old name. Yeah, that's not, right. that's his band name. His band name. Because yeah. I want to get to this, because I know yeah. a little bit about this from Larry, that cool. your, your Mexican tour. What, she just doesn't bellyache about the Berlin winter, she does something about it. They go and tour in Mexico where it's warm. Then we heard, uh, finally, uh, Scientists of Love, which I've played before, but this is the Say Who remix. So uh, what you did after Auto Nervous, embark on your own thing. Yeah, I, I met Toby Dammit through, through Auto Nervous. We had a show booked in Berlin, and it was supposed to be an acoustic show, so I said to Bettina, well, where's the band, you know? And we both knew Toby, so we invited him into it, and... So we started playing together, and um, we've been playing. Oh, because the drum machine. Yeah, it's yeah. Be so we, need, we yeah, had, she yeah. booked an acoustic show, and this guy was calling me saying, "Oh, acoustic, great. You know, when 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 do you want to do the sound check?" And I was like, "Whoa, we don't have a band. I mean, everything's on the backings, including your voice. You know, <laughs> what is this? You know." So we met him, and the second we started playing together, practicing, I just loved his style so much. He was playing with my beats, and it just sounded amazing, and. He's playing along with it. Yeah, because I have I designed all the beats for for the stuff I was doing then, and so I got a, sh a not a show off for a couple months later to play in Dublin, Ireland, and so that was like the motivation for the for the get everything together. And we've been playing together about five years now, I guess four or five years, and put out one album so far, Is a Fire, which yeah. we traveled to Mexico to make that album, yeah. and we recorded in hotel rooms. A laundry room on a rooftop in Mexico City. We record most of the stuff. John Wayne's pad. John Wayne's bedroom in in Acapulco. We managed to stay there for a couple of weeks and recorded there and and we mixed it mixed it in Tijuana with Pepe Moke from Norte Collective. Yeah, I've played some of that. Brother Matt's played a bunch yeah. of their stuff too. Their stuff is really cool. Yeah, so that was really a journey. Like the album is sort of like love a love letter to Mexico in a way because it was the first time discovering that country and we made the album there and sang a bit in Spanish, writing songs in Spanish for the first time. You spent some time in Mexico City too, right? Yeah, quite yeah. a bit of time there. Yeah. Uh, hey, he told me about looking for somebody's house, Mr. Burroughs' house. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, cool. Wow. wow. How long? Couple months. We we've been there a few times for like one. Or no, two. but this, this this trip that yeah, you made this the was album. like a couple months. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So you, yeah, I was in just some big towns. You were going through. People don't know it, but it's actually the real name of that land is United States of Mexico. There's many states, many regions, many. It's different, amazing. Yeah. 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 I think us being in Cali, I mean, we have probably better experience than. A lot of the U.S., but still, we only see the Sonora, Chihuahua, Baja, us in Texas and Arizona. And yeah. Minnesota. We don't really know about the, all those other regions. Yeah. States. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, that's one of my dream. My, actually, my dream is to do a real America tour, which means Central and South, right. not just yeah. North. Yeah. Because there's a highway, a Pan America highway. Wow. And it goes all through. And, some was a little dangerous to try right now, but I've yeah. been years before. Hopefully, I don't get killed first, or, or you know, 
die. We drove all over the place on our first drive. No, I mean all the way down to the yeah. Chile and all those. That's I want to play every... And in a van, not just fly to the big towns in a plane. Yeah. Just like, oh, Driving man. around is where you really get to see the country, you know. Well, that's how I do... Uh, I mean, sometimes I tour with the Stooges, yeah. eight years now, but a lot of times I just did one in, in March and April. Mm -hmm. 51 gigs in 52 days in a van. Wow. And so that, I come from the older days, of, and I still do it, and I like that. And you, you're right, you learn it. Mm -hmm. You really learn when you're driving through. Yeah. I conquer people's pads. Yeah. I learn it. It's a great experience. Yeah. So one day, so I, I envy your, your, your trip there. Now you've gone back. Yeah, we've gone back several times and, and toured there. And um, we went to Brazil for the first time last September, and we're going back this September for a tour. So trying to get more into South America. Wow. What about uh, over here in Europe? Playing a lot in France, um, mostly in Spain. Little, playing in Italy a bit with Lydia Lunch these days. I heard you played um, in Corsica. Yeah, times. we played in Corsica twice. Corsica twice? is great. I love it there. It's amazing. My first time was there a it's couple so weeks beautiful, ago. Right? Yeah, it's so beautiful, right? It's amazing. It's a little bit like California. Yeah. A little bit the weather. And yeah. Yeah. More nature, of course. And yeah. The Italian the culture cleaner. is more intense. Yeah, the oceans. <laughs> Some of it was like the big surf. It's not surf. all that nuclear stuff washing up on the shore <laughs> from Japan. <laughs> it was like a big surf. Yeah. On Pacific Coast Highway, some of it. Yeah. But yeah, more, more nature. Yeah. And uh, do, you, do you, what about uh, east of Berlin? Do you go those parts? We've been a lot to Poland. Yeah. And we've had great shows in Poland. Um, last year we played the Trutnov Festival that Stooges are going to play this week. That was, was great. Yeah, and I played a few weeks, or last month I played. Um, Pahoda Festival, which is the largest festival in Slovakia, and that was amazing. It was really wow. fun. I got to play that with Budgie and yeah. my percussionist Deborah Sariva from Sao Paulo. How, how long were you guys playing before you together before you went and did the album? Me and Toby? Yeah. Um, I think we were playing together for about a year, year and a half. I, I had started working on the songs. So that you were cooking up the tunes. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit slow with my process, but I started working on the you songs. You ain't bad. Uh, I feel very slow. But anyways, I started working my songs alone, and it just takes a while for it to kind of manifest. I like to collaborate with a lot of different people for each album and, and to bring in people that I want to do stuff with. It's just an opportunity to work with different people, you know. So for that album... It was kind of like a lot of people from Mexico. Yeah, right, where you guys more, were, right. Including, you know, Martin Vank, who's, he's German, but he's in Calexico, which is yeah, like really yeah. influenced by Mexican music. There's another one too, uh, the bass, Volker. Volker, yeah. They do a Minuteman song. Yeah. So one cool. time I was playing that same festival and I got to do uh, Corona with them. Yeah, cool, cool. And he came. Yeah. To Eschwege, some German yeah. gig we did. Yeah. Cool. He brought a... Uh, some hot sauce. Some nice. Pabello? Pa pa mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's very nice. Very kind guy. And that guy, he plays all kinds mm -hmm. of stuff. Yeah. The vibes and yeah. trumpet. And yeah. That's a wild band. Actually, Joey's from up the hill, from the mm -hmm. Pals Verdes. Cool, cool. Yeah, amazing. I think he just had two babies. Mm -hmm. Twins. That's what Martin told me. Uh... What about touring in the U.S.? 
We've only played in California. Yeah. Um, we, we, we play in California like once a year or something. Usually it's because we're going down to Mexico. So <laughs> I'm from California, and so I want my family to come see yeah, the show. Yeah. So I play in, in San Francisco and L.A. Um, we've been playing a lot with the Extraction Marching Band, which we played last time in San Francisco when Steve McKay joined us on sax, was with the Extraction. Yeah. They know some of my songs, so we do shows together and, and collaborate a little bit. That's a 25-piece brass and drums, sort of punk rock marching that's a, band. That's a big one. Yeah, it's sort of like satanic strippers <laughs> with cr- crazy psychedelic punk high school marching band or something. Speaking of collaborations, yeah. you, something with Lydia. Yeah, I've been playing with Lydia lately. We, me and Toby got invited to do the Queen of Siam album, which is her first solo album, which was the first time she performed it live was with us and two of the guys from Gallon Drunk. Um, and that was at the Donau Festival in Austria. And then since then I've played with her two more times in, in Italy. And we've sort of formed a project with this Italian singer, Beatrice Antolini. And that project is called Sister Assassin. And let's, let's play some. Yeah, go for it.
for Pedro Show. Uh, we heard some uh, Sister Assassin um, disappear. You guys, this it was something live. It was from a gig. This you guys a, haven't recorded yet. Well, the songs we've done so far are just songs of Lydia's. Yeah. We haven't written any songs together. Mm -hmm. We haven't had time, but we're gonna. Okay, and then we heard three of the things you were talking about. This Queen of Siam. Right, cool. Queen of Siam and like the Queen of Siam band. Yeah, yeah. Lydia's like a reprising, uh, doing the gigs. And this was the first gig, right? The Queen of Siam, yeah, yeah. That was the first time she ever performed that album live. And uh, what you just did in Italy a couple weeks ago, that was Sister Assassin? Yeah, that was something different, yeah. With uh, the singer, what's her name again? Be Beatrice, Beatrice Antonini. Beatrice, that was Dante's lady. Yeah, she's cool. Penoria. Beatrice Penoria, I think mm -hmm. her name was. You saw her like when she was nine. Do you know that story? Mm -hmm. Divine Comedy? Oh, it's hilarious. Oh, yeah, of course. We want to talk about books. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess of it's a poem. That one. Um, but that takes us up to now. Now, you, you're going to, you're getting another batch of songs ready? Yeah, I'm almost For finished Jesse Evans? with my new record. Yeah. yeah. We've been recording. We we spent the Germany. Why well, we we spent the winter in in L. A. and we recorded the drums and vocals for the album. Um, we recorded the studio that used to be Jeff Picaro, the drummer from Thriller. Toto. Yeah, that was his studio, and we got to record there. It was fantastic. We had our it's own in the valley. I've yeah, been it was there. Yeah, great. So we recorded most of the stuff there, and then we've been in the last couple of weeks recording backing vocals. I have four backing singers that are ages 8, 11, 12, and 13, and also a couple of older ones, but um, 
They're really cute, and we're going to have lots of voices on this album, so it's been really fun. It's going to be different than the... It's really, really different from the last one, yeah. You're going to be playing sax, though, right? I'm going to have yeah. lots of saxophone. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really, I want to wish you a lot of luck. Very interesting Thanks. journey in life, and very much honor Thank you. Uh, for me having you on the show. Thanks so Thank much. Thank you. It's nice. Okay. Cool. Get the real and wait for it.
Just heard Nevada, something live from Perubu, then Steve McQueen by Agnes Steck, and The Apartment by Big Nils, featuring Coco, Gordon Moore. I want to thank Jesse Evans again for coming on the show. It's been the August 16, 2011 edition of the Watt from Pedro show from Prague here in Czech Republic. Keep your powder dry.